Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. On my nightstand at home is Jeffrey Tubin's latest book, a bestseller called Homegrown, Timothy McVeigh and the Rise of Right-Wing Extremism. Last night, I put the book down and went to an ADL dinner here in Philadelphia where a friend of mine of 30-plus years, his name is David Field, He's the president of Odyssey, one of the largest media companies in the United States. I've known David for a long, long time. He was being honored. I was asked. My role was to introduce my close friend of 30 years as he was receiving their Americanism Award. A preceding speaker was Eileen Hershenov. She preceded me at the podium. She's a senior VP of Democracy Initiatives for ADL and spoke of the history of ADL, how they've been on the same mission for 110 years of stopping defamation of the Jewish people and securing justice and fair treatment for all. She read some statistics that were quite alarming. 
When it comes to anti-Semitism, she said, ADL looks at incidents and attitudes, and our recent findings on both are deeply concerning. Last year, ADL tabulated nearly 3,700 anti-Semitic incidents, assaults, vandalism, harassment across the United States. That's a 36% increase from the more than 2,700 incidents the previous year. It's the highest number on record since ADL began tracking anti-Semitic incidents. And then she said this, when it comes to anti-Semitic attitudes, in 2022, over three quarters of Americans, 85 percent, believed at least one anti-Jewish trope, as opposed to 61 percent three years ago in our prior survey. And a staggering 20 percent of Americans believe six or more tropes, which is significantly more than the 11 percent that ADL found in 2019. Belief in six out of 11 is the metric we have used for decades to determine if someone holds significant anti-Semitic attitudes And that's the highest level of anti-Semitic sentiment that we've measured in decades. By the way, 3% of all Americans believe all 11 Jewish tropes. That maps to 8 million Americans, more people than there are Jews in America. And when we look at extremism, the first thing to note is that domestic violent extremism has for quite a few years posed the most serious national security threat for the United States. And I thought, it's right out of Jeffrey's book. And so much of it begins with Timothy McVeigh, or frankly, if you want to go back before McVeigh, you could talk about Ruby Ridge and you could talk about Waco. My point is, this couldn't be a more timely conversation to have with Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey, thank you for being here. Congratulations on Homegrown. Thanks, pal. What do you think of the statistics that I just rattled off? Well, I, you know... Um the ADL has done so so much good work over the years, and I cite some of it um, in in Homegrown. And it's not just anti-Semitism. I mean, fortunately, ADL does research in all sorts of extremism. It's also um, anti-black racism. It's anti-immigration. It's um, anti-Hispanic uh, attitudes. And um, you know, it, 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 the the persistence, and as you point out, the the increase is something that um, is real in, in, in this country. And, you know, we, we can argue about the, um, the causes of it. I think one indisputable cause and one big difference from 1995, the year of the Oklahoma City bombing, to today is just the, is, is the Internet and social media, which makes these um, tropes so much easier to circulate among like, like-minded people. But it's out there and it's real, and uh, that's that's why I I wrote Homegrown because I thought you know McVeigh, who was largely dismissed as a lone wolf, as a um, aberration, I think was a precursor of of more to come. Isn't a large part of the problem today that it's much easier for a Timothy McVeigh to find a Terry Nichols because pre-internet. You know, it would have to be word of mouth to find those who share your sentiments. Now you simply go online. Exactly. You know, um, one of the things that I was really privileged to get for um, my research for Homegrown was uh, the records of the entire defense team, including all of uh, Stephen Jones, the uh, the attorney for McVeigh and his colleagues, all of his interviews with McVeigh. And one thing he said that that really stuck with me, and it's in the book, 
is I knew there was an army out there. I just couldn't find them. And you know, he would go to gun shows, which was a reasonable place to look, but he didn't have the personality or the ability to, to recruit followers. As you point out, Michael, the Internet is, is perfect for that. And, you know, what really um, – I covered the trial uh, of McVeigh and Nichols back in 1997, but what we got me back into the story was in October of 2020 – when the FBI arrested the conspirators to kidnap Governor Whitmer of Michigan. And it was the Michigan militia, which Terry Nichols, the co-defendant in the Oklahoma City bombing case, was affiliated with. Except the difference was, in 2020, they were using Facebook private chat to to plot the kidnapping. That, of course, was not available in in 1995. And that, that to me, um, was... Uh, the the big difference. It's not that the people weren't out there. It's that they could find each other and conspire together so much more easily. I thought one of the most interesting aspects of your reporting, it comes at the end in the author's note. Yes, I'm someone who always knows there's a nugget in the author's note or the afterword or the acknowledgments. But you talk about those 600 plus boxes that Timothy McVeigh's counsel donated to, what was it, the University of Texas, and you addressed some of the ethical considerations as to whether that was proper. I mean, he thought he had a right to do it because, among other things, well, McVeigh now has been executed. Uh, you know, Michael, you're, you're a lawyer, and, and this is something that jumps out at a lot of lawyers, but even non-lawyers. You know, how can an attorney disclose to the public now, fortunately for me as a journalist, no one had really looked at this stuff until I did at the Briscoe Center at the University of Texas in Austin. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's black-letter law. It's undisputed that the attorney-client privilege survives the death of the client, and McVeigh was executed in 2001. But notwithstanding that, Stephen Jones donated all these papers to, uh, to the University of Texas. And frankly, I think it was ethically dubious. Uh, but, you know, uh, putting on my journalist hat, it was a gold mine. And I, I looked at it all, but um, you know, you know, Jones has tried to justify it in various different ways that McVeigh uh, waived the privilege, which I don't think he did. But in any case, um, it, it is, you know, as someone who has been writing about and covering trials and investigations for decades, I have never had access to this kind of material before. And um, it, it made for a much richer, deeper book. If someone thinks that McVeigh and Oklahoma City was a, a one-off, they're mistaken. They need to see it in the context of Ruby Ridge and Waco. And additionally, if you think that those that sort of triumvirate is a one-off, then you're not going to where I began this conversation and putting it all in a timeline that brings us right up to today. And that, that was the big-picture message I took away from Jeffrey Tubin. Absolutely. And and the, the, the one variable that I think you left out, which I think is is very important, is guns, is the obsession with guns. You know, McVeigh, I think people remember, was obsessed with the, the Waco raid. The bombing was on April 19, 1995, the second anniversary of the Waco raid. But just as important to him was September 13, 1994, when Bill Clinton signed the assault weapons ban. He was obsessed with um, the the right to bear arms and the and the the fear that the government was going to take their guns his guns away. This is a view that is persisted and accelerated, and and this this obsession with with guns 
uh, is something that we saw in the January 6th conspirators. You see it with the Proud Boys. You see it uh, with the Oath Keepers. This, um, frankly, crazed attitude towards guns is 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 a real message and if you look at the the modern right-wing extremist uh violent the, the violence it tends not to be gun, it tends not to be bombs because bombs as as homegrown illustrates are very complicated to build it it's it's use of assault weapons which are so much easier to get these days and if you look at you know the mass shootings the walmart in um in in el paso the synagogue in pittsburgh the church in South Carolina, the grocery store in Buffalo, they are all right-wing extremists with assault weapons. And they're easy to get, and that's why they use them. Well, and no doubt they need to use them because the Cohen Act is coming, and that's going to outlaw everything. Right. And that it, what you're quoting from is the Turner Diaries, which was the very specific inspiration to McVeigh. It, it's this awful dystopic novel um, that uh, projects a future where blacks and Jews have taken over the federal government, ordered uh, the confiscation of all private firearms in this uh, Cohen Act, and Earl Turner, the hero of the novel, sets off a truck bomb uh, outside the FBI building in Washington, and that leads to a uh, broad rebellion against the evil federal government. That was precisely why McVeigh set off a truck bomb outside uh, the Alfred P. Murrah building in Oklahoma City in an attempt to to replicate um, what what Earl Turner did in the Turner Diaries. You know, he he didn't succeed um, to the degree he wanted, fortunately, but he didn't fail as much as he should have. And that's why we are where we are today. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive 
then takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Jeffrey, you've said that in covering Oklahoma City and the aftermath that you were very narrowly focused and not appreciating at the time the big picture. And this this book, the book which is called Homegrown, Timothy McVeigh and the Rise of Right-Wing Extremism, now gets gives you the opportunity to put it in context. And much of what you're thinking applies to Merrick Garland and the decisions that lie ahead for him. Right. Um, Merrick Garland was the Justice Department official in charge of the Oklahoma City investigation in the mid-90s. You know, fast forward to today, he's the Attorney General of the United States. And um, for both good and ill, I think you see Garland's influence, the the influence of Oklahoma City on Garland. Um, He was appalled in 1995 by the O.J. Simpson criminal case, which was going on at the same time. He has this great aversion to publicity. He thinks the Justice Department should only speak in the courtroom. And um, in in fairness to Garland, he he is aggressive about the use of the courtroom. And I think the fact that the government has prosecuted a thousand people um, for January 6th, including, um, you know, the the very serious charges against the Oath Keepers um, is 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 a good thing. But he has not used the bully pulpit of the attorney general's job to talk about the threat of right-wing extremism. And I think that is unfortunate, and I think it's a missed opportunity. But it's a missed opportunity born in what he perceived to be the lessons of Oklahoma City. And, you know, people are complicated. And that's that, that, but but it, one of the interesting things about writing Homegrown was to trace Merrick Garland's evolution from a fairly obscure official in the in the 90s to, you know, the chief law enforcement official in the United States today. Right. Presumably, though, the guy who now is is taking a long, hard look at January 6 is uniquely qualified to do so in the same way that you as a journalist can put January 6 in some context because of your personal experience in covering the Oklahoma City bombing. Like he's going to see it all as a continuum as well. That's my point. Yes. And and, and I think I think he will. And um you know, I, I, he appointed Jack Smith to be the uh, you know day-to-day leader of the investigation. I know Jack Smith to be a very aggressive prosecutor. He was in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn, as was I. Um, but 
you know, let's see. Let's see what the results are. I, I, I don't want to prejudge uh, the, result, the, the, the results. I think, you know, a thousand people went into the Capitol and one person was responsible for why they went in there. They would not have gone in there but for Donald Trump's encouragement. And let's see if he is held accountable in a way that the legal system permits. That's a big, big question, and it's unresolved at this point. Jeffrey, two other things. One, uh, an an additional news event this week while I was reading your book. In an interview with a local Alabama radio station, Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville was asked if he believes white nationalists should be allowed in the military, and he responded, I call them Americans. He did slightly walk it back when pushed, but what were you thinking given that your book was just published and that seems to have direct relevance? Well, you know, Timothy McVeigh uh, called himself a white separatist, not a white supremacist, which is a completely bogus distinction. But if you look at um, the uh, right-wing extremism in this country, including uh, that which has led to violence in mass shootings, in bombings, in in all sorts of ways, um, white supremacy and white nationalism uh, is 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 central to it. And the idea that a United States senator would not recognize that and embrace white nationalism, as Tuberville did, is just an example of how these poisonous ideas reach into the mainstream. It's scary, but it's scary stuff. In 2019, I was contacted by a radio listener by the name of Sarah Sweet, hadn't met her previously. In the Oklahoma City bombing, she lost her father, W. Stephen Williams, and she invited me to join her at a lunch Uh, It was in 2019. They called it 168 days. In other words, a day for every victim of Oklahoma City. And it was a countdown to what was then the 25th anniversary. So I accepted her invitation. I went to Oklahoma City. I did a radio broadcast uh, from the memorial and from the museum. As a matter of fact, Justice Stephen Taylor, who presided over the, the Terry Nichols state trial, was one of my radio guests that day, among others. So I've been there and I've seen what you describe in the book, you know, the, the mercury that McVeigh was driving, the, the sign from the, the Dreamland Motel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wanted to amplify the point that you make at the end of the book, which is to say they've done an amazing job. They've created something remarkable in the most difficult of circumstances. And you really get to learn and to see by going there. Absolutely. And, and you um, um, I think many people are familiar with the. Um, the the memorial part which is the chairs 168 chairs including 19 little chairs because there were 19 children killed in the bomb as well but the museum is just as impressive one of the most bizarre and chilling facts i learned in reporting homegrown is that timothy mcveigh after his execution wanted his ashes spread at the oklahoma city memorial uh fortunately uh his lawyer rob nye at the time, talked him out of it. That was too grotesque a, a provocation. And in, in fact, his, his ashes were spread um, out in the, in, in the wind in the Rocky Mountains. But um, I think that illustrates just what a twisted Ooh, soul. That's the word. Um, that's the word Mc, I was going to use. Was, um, that, that he would think to do such a thing. But I, I, I agree with you, Michael. Everyone, if they have a chance, should go to see both the memorial and the museum in, in Oklahoma. And City. what about Nichols? A final thought on Nichols? You know, Nichols was a follower. He is serving life without parole at the uh, Supermax prison in Colorado. Um, 
he is. I, I, I reached out to him. He never. He never responded. Um, he. He. I am confident would never have bombed the the Murrah Building, but for McVeigh's involvement. McVeigh was the engine here. McVeigh was uh, the brains of the operation. Uh, Terry Nichols was a uh, a lost soul, uh, a loser in life, and and someone who is frankly not nearly as important or as interesting as McVeigh, who what was was evil, but also kind of fascinating. Hey, uh, I said to you, I had two final things. I lied. I had three. The cover of the book. The cover, I, I don't know if you deserve the credit for it. I mean, it's just, it's arresting in a way that I can't describe. What am I talking about? What's on the cover of Homegrown? Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, the, the folks at Simon & Schuster came up with that cover. I had a different idea, which was a terrible idea that I'll spare you. But um, it is the, it's the house where Timothy McVeigh grew up. And it is a, um, there could not be a more ordinary looking quintessential house in America. Yeah. Uh, with a flagpole, no less. And um, the the message of the cover is um, the the ordinariness of the background and, frankly, how common um, some of these views are. Um, the 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 point of of the cover of Homegrown is that it could be any home in America, and fortunately, it's not. But that's the warning of Homegrown. I think a shrink could have a field day. You know, the flagpole, the pickup truck, the no trespassing. I have a pickup truck myself. I'm not indicting pickup truck owners, but the no trespassing sign, the flower choice, the the attached garage, the drawn drapes. I mean, I I don't know what it is about this cover, but it it just makes me scrutinize the hell out of it. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate that, Michael. I I had I had the same reaction. And um, the, 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 the what you're describing is. The, the ordinariness of it. But, you know, when you know what the book is about, it makes the photograph uh, extremely haunting. Congratulations, Jeffrey. It's a must read. Thanks, pal. I really appreciate Book's it. Book's called Homegrown. Jeffrey Tubin is the author. So how, how was your speech? You know what? Uh, I put my friend David Field was being honored last night yeah. by ADL and I, I wanted to do it right. Yeah. And I put a lot of thought into it. And you heard me time it in studio. Yeah, you so know, I knew a day or I knew you ago. were planning. Yeah, and I, I think it was well received. He seemed very appreciative, but yeah, I was a little nervous. I mean, yeah. I I do this for a living. But when something but means that's personal. when you're when you're trying to honor mm-hmm. a friend and yeah. he's receiving this this very significant award, it was a very big deal to me. And I knew most of the people in the room. So I think when it's personal and professional, that that tie that's was a tough a, that's a tough draw. It was a really really appropriate event well i'm very glad for you and congratulations to him but how about the timing yeah that, that, like this i've Incredible. got i've got tubin's book on the brain oh yeah and now you, here you i go to speak it, the you set it down and, uh, and you went tc absolutely yeah. true wow true wow book club with michael smirconish new episodes drop mondays wednesdays and fridays listen to the michael smirconish program weekdays on sirius xm's potus channel 124 and anytime on the sxm app connect with michael on facebook twitter youtube and at smirconish.com hey friends are you struggling to attract and retain top talent if you're worried about recruiting and retention consider insperity a leading hr provider They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. 
Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.